Are you recording? Okay, now I'm recording. <laughs> you guys, hi. Hey. Oh, we have to record a new opening. Hello, and welcome to the Habit Podcast. I'm Christina Franklin. I'm Paige Berg. And I'm Zan Rule. <laughs> <laughs> you just like turned all the way up. This unexpected podcast recording tonight is like giving me life. I'm so happy to see you guys. I got the unexpected text. Girl, we're going on. I was like, Sweet. Thanks for being flexible. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Dan, what are we talking about tonight? Well, we are talking about health shaming, which I know it can be a pretty serious topic. So before we dive into it, we kind of want to lighten the mood a little bit. So let's lead with you, Christina. Tell us a fun fact about you. Hmm. hmm. Oh, I have lots of fun facts about me because I'm just a very interesting person. <laughs> JK, I have one go-to fun fact. Actually, I have two go-to fun facts. Whenever you do like icebreakers and like back when I was like real corporate, they'd be like, say a fun fact. And I would always say, I have two. One, I've never broken a bone. Same. Two, I was bit by a dolphin. <laughs> its name was Beggar. And th- let me add on to that fun fact. It is still, it happened when I was like 12. It is still my, the background of my mom's phone. And I'm 30. <laughs> Like the the moment you got bit is her background. She took a picture of the fucking dolphin that bit me after it bit me. (laughs) And it has been the background of her phone and makes her laugh every time she looks at it. I don't know. I think she's got some karma coming her way. Right? I'm like, you have a grandchild now. Make it Mm -hmm. the child. Yeah. Don't. It's still out of everything you can imagine. We all graduated college. (laughs) I got married. Robbie has a kid. Nope. Still that fucking dolphin. Still a beggar. Are you scared of dolphins or are you like still okay? Oh my God, no, I love them. They're still like my fave animal. Like I was. Okay, good. I was going to say I'd be really Swimming with them literally last week, but still. I was attacked by one and it was terrible. Zan, what about you? So it's not a fun fact about me, but it's something funny that happened today that I wanted to actually share with you guys. So. Fun facts from today? Yes, yes. You guys are going to. You're going to appreciate this because it's actually about you guys. So I had an intro call today and, you know, when I was asking her how she found out about us, she actually had stumbled upon our podcast and she booked a call specifically because all we do is curse in our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And you literally just said fuck. So it's perfect. (laughs) Are you serious? Shout out. You guys are real. I loved you. And I booked a call. And I was like, hell yes. (laughs) LOL. That's hysterical. I always feel guilty when I press explicit content on our podcast. Yeah. You're like, I could have held it in, but. I think we've maybe made it like one or two episodes without like an F-bomb. But I'm pretty sure we say shit at least every other sentence. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a fun fact. Yeah, she loved it. <laughs> I think it got Sorry her like for people who don't. It got her amped up when she was like sitting in traffic in her car, apparently. And I'll say, I got yeah. you. Girl. We'll we'll keep on yes. throwing out the f bombs, macros, and cursing. <laughs> got it. I don't yeah. even know I'm saying them. Paige, what's yours? Sorry, I'm literally digging cauliflower right <laughs> on my face right now. 
I feel like you can like hear it in my <laughs> microphone. Holy shit. Okay. Uh, I guess my fun fact, everyone already knows that I'm a triplet. I usually use that when I'm in like a totally oh, new setting. Uh, triplet of three girls is my go-to. Um, my other kind of not so fun fact is I have two torn ACLs <gasps> right now. Yeah. What a shitty fact. So I know, but it's kind of like one of those things where I use it in two truths and a lie. That's a good one. Do you have to get surgery? So... Yeah. I probably should if I want to ski again. Yeah. I'm going to try skiing when we go out to Colorado in December again, but I just have a feeling. I mean, they've been torn for, one's been torn for two years and the other for a year. Oh my God, Paige. I know. So it's kind of a bummer, but I mean, they're both like heavy partial tears are not full tears. So I'm still operating. Okay. I can still do workouts, but like anything lateral is probably off the table for me. So I don't know. That was just like another random oh God, floater. That's a horrible fact. I but I since, you, since you dampen the mood, I guess we can go into our sad topic. Well, I was actually going to say, Paige, I didn't even know you were a triplet. Did you know I'm a twin? Oh, wait, what? I swear to God. Wait, you didn't know that? <laughs> what? I'm a twin. No. Are oh my you god! Me? Is this seriously one, two, three right now? This is batshit bananas. <laughs> that is actually crazy. I've never like, felt so unspecial in my life. <laughs> Wait, you have a twin brother? I do. I do. Oh my god! I know. Does he, he live in, in San LA, Diego too? So close enough. Oh my mm-hmm. god! Shout out to all the twins and triplets up in this pod. <laughs> I know we could do a whole segment on triplets and twins. We should do that actually. <laughs> Our next episode. I am actually speechless. <laughs> Me too. This is bananas. Now we can. Oh, now you can relate. It's it's a whole different world. <laughs> I totally can. I like feel like we're connected on a deeper level. Sorry, Christina. Love you. I gotta go. <laughs> You're that, booted off the island. That we're just means you over. have to have twins eventually. <laughs> then then you'll be in. Yes. Oh, I really, I've always wanted twin boys, so (gasps) in matching outfits all the time. (laughs) Anyway, moving right along. Well, that was great. Thank you for that. That, Dan, I'm super excited to know that. Of course. So shall we dive in? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. So today we are covering health shaming. So you may have heard this term floating around the web recently. So we're here to dive a little bit deeper into the topic, kind of shed some light as to what it is, how it became a part of our today's culture, and what to do if you ever experience this type of shaming. But Mm -hmm. in case you're new to the show, we're The Habit Team. The Habit is a nutrition coaching company made for women by women. Our program is built for you with coaches who put your goals, lifestyle, and personality first. And hey, we're your coaches. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> We're so yeah, annoying. We love oh us. It's okay. <laughs> but to learn more, just head over to the episode notes or go to thehabit.com to book a free consult call with us. So let's get into it. So can you clarify really quick for me the difference between health shaming and body shaming? Yes. So I would say health shaming is when your in general, your habits are almost being um, picked at. So for instance, if you are out to dinner and you're with a group of friends and it's your turn to order dinner and you almost already 
are expecting the reaction from your friends. Let's say your heart rate's increasing, you have sweaty palms, and you order a really healthy meal, such as a grilled chicken um, on top of a salad with like dressing on the side, and you immediately Mm. get eye rolls from your friends. So that to me is health shaming. It's when someone is making you feel bad for a healthy food choice, healthy habits such as exercising, whatever it might be, and they almost make you feel isolated within that group. So for instance, in that example at the restaurant, you in turn feel regret and remorse for ordering something healthy because your friends are are rolling their eyes because they ordered, let's say, a burger with fries. Whereas body shaming, I would say that's where, I mean, you see those really nasty comments online with, I mean, if it's a girl who's just very naturally thin and I mean, put you on the spotlight, Christina, but you are very tall and slender. So I don't know if this has ever been something that's been directed towards you, but they pick on someone for being thin when in fact they really are healthy. That's just their body type. That's how they were born. And they're not purposely making their body that thin. That's just how they naturally are. And I would say that's more body shaming where you're actually picking specifically at their looks rather than their choices in terms of food or exercise or whatever it might be. Yeah. So like health shaming is like getting flack for making healthy decisions for yourself and body shaming is shame or getting flack for how you yeah. look. I think that's a perfect summary. Life's, lifestyle versus physical. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I've experienced both like kind of like I feel like I experience them on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. Like fully on a daily basis and not until you just kind of explained it and said it did I realize that this is something that literally happens at least every day, maybe sometimes multiple times in a day. God, mm-hmm. I didn't realize it happened to you so often. I actually really want to hear those examples, if you don't mind sharing, of course. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like I feel – I get nervous about my order, like, almost every time I'm in a group setting because I'm always the person ordering, like, the, like, $2 mm-hmm. upcharge for egg whites and, like, totally. you know mm-hmm. – Sometimes when I go to like a – or ever, actually not true. Every time I go to a diner, I always specify that I want one slice of cheese and not like three in my omelets. I'm always like, can I have the egg whites with like one mm-hmm. slice of cheese? Like I'm always doing some sort of like building something that's going to work for me. And every time I do that in special order and I don't just say like, oh, yeah, I'll have like the number three or like I'll have the like feta omelet or whatever, yeah. I get like – literally just like you said, I get like a little clammy. I get like a little nervous. And it's, it's funny, Christina, too, because, like, you're such a foodie. So, like, I think you have both ends of you, right, where you're, like, ordering one of everything, please. We're at this amazing, like, Michelin star restaurant. I want to try it all. Um, but then it's, like, your day-to-day, like, your breakfast with John. Like, you're just going to order something that fuels you and isn't, like, super right. over the top. Yeah. Ah, this is an interesting topic. I just feel like you genuinely just enjoy being healthy. There's always going to be someone that makes passive aggressive comments to you or, you know, give you those Mm -hmm. eye rolls, whatever it might be. And I just find it interesting because we all know it's inappropriate to make Mm. a rude comment to someone who might be overweight and who orders something not as healthy, such as the burger and fries. Like we Mm -hmm. all know that is inappropriate to make that comment. So why... Is it, why are people so accustomed to making those comments when we're trying to genuinely be healthy? It's just 
It raises yeah. that question. And you you wouldn't okay, so let's say if you knew a coworker has celiac, so she can't eat gluten and she has to special order her order that she's getting off the menu because she has a condition. But if the person next to her does the same thing and you know doesn't have a GI issue, they're more than likely going to be like, oh, why do you get the same thing as her? Like, you don't have a problem. Why are Mm. you gluten-free? That's a total example. But it's so, it totally happens. But to your point, like, you wouldn't call out an overweight person for ordering a really crappy meal. (laughs) But you would order, you would more than likely say something to the person that looks to be in shape and is ordering the chicken salad. I mean, yeah. It's an interesting juxtaposition. Going that's off for sure. the example you just said, I mean, I was, I did exactly that. Remember my macro hack last week um, where I mm-hmm. basically lied and said I was lactose intolerant and had celiac disease in order to get the more nutritious option yeah. on the airplane. And it's yeah. almost like I have to go mm-hmm. through that, those links to get something healthy and not get those eye rolls. But I almost get frustrated with myself of having to, or having that feeling of having to hide that I want to be healthy. So it's almost like we want to fight this health shaming thing, but then we're also giving into it at the same time. Yeah. I feel like sometimes, you know, it's funny is I've been told by the same person at different points in my life. One, at one point I was, I I would, I will literally never forget this comment. Somebody said to me, do you really think you need to have that cupcake? And I was like probably 35 pounds overweight at the time. And the exact same person now has said to me on more than one occasion, having a piece of cake is not going to kill you. And I was like, oh my God, this is literally too much. And this is like six years apart. But what I think is really interesting is on one hand, I don't think that person would ever remember saying either of those things to me. And I can remember, I can vividly remember both because they were so fucking traumatizing. But at the same time, I feel like having lived in both of those bodies, right? Being in a place where I was super insecure, um, not healthy, not overweight, like in a like cosmetic way that I'm like, oh, I don't like how I look, which I didn't at the time, but I was like actually physically unhealthy. Having lived in that body and having lived in the body that I am in now, which is at a healthy BMI um, and like feel, you know, feel strong, energized, whatever. I find that before when I was super, um, when I felt so crappy, I would almost have to like pretend that I ate healthy in front of other people to not feel uncomfortable. So I would like purposely order, you know, the healthier things. And now being in the body I'm in now, sometimes I I feel like I have to like eat something bad in front of people to like prove that I'm cool still. Mm -hmm. I know. I know. know, Which is like, no, like (laughs) I I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel Mm -hmm. that way, but that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. I I can completely relate. You know, back in my college days, I was exactly 30, 40 pounds overweight, very uncomfortable in my own body. So I already have these feelings of, you know, insecurities of just wanting to isolate myself from certain situations. And I remember specifically my family would make those passive aggressive comments and love her to death, but, and hopefully she never hears this, but my mom specifically, she, you know, would make comments exactly what you just said, Christina, do you really need to take another bite? Or, you know, I will pay for you to go on whatever Jenny Craig, whatever it was popular back in the day, like has literally Mm, offered me those things. And 
I yeah. used to actually sneak out, like when I was home for the holidays, I would literally sneak into the kitchen when everyone was asleep and eat because oh, I felt yeah. like yeah. I couldn't eat around them. And yeah, me too. Oh yeah. It's just so interesting now because I will go out to dinner with my family and all my family's very healthy. We've all been extremely like athletic our entire lives and they will now make comments if I don't order the pasta or I don't partake in eating the desserts. They will roll their eyes at me. And I'm like, I can't win with you guys. I don't know how to even operate around certain people now when this is probably the best I've ever felt in my entire life. So why am I still feeling shitty when eating? So it's... Where do you think that comes from? Like, where do you... Do you think it comes from other people's insecurities? Do you think it comes from... Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. I've had a couple clients talk to me about this specifically when they go home for a holiday or just a vacation for the summertime and their anxiety just gets sky high thinking about eating in front Mm -hmm. of their family, whether they're nervous that they're going to indulge in like grandma's bars that she's going (laughs) to make or On the averse, they want to stay the course and they feel like they're going to be ridiculed for making healthy choices. Um, One specifically, I think her family she had mentioned was pretty overweight, like her entire family. And so it was kind of just a thing of life to just gather around and eat and, you know, pick up fast food and do all of the quote unquote unhealthy things that she was trying to get away from. Um, so yeah, there's like a lot of emotional weight. I mean, even just you guys saying Zan, like your, your mom, like saying that to you. I mean, I can't remember specific instances, but I know for sure that like either her or my dad have probably said something to me in, in the past that have like shaped the way when you guys are talking about like eating under the, under the freaking table at midnight or whatever, like been there. I like have snuck things up to my bedroom before and eaten in my bed. Oh God. Yeah. Oh Yeah. And this is the shit people don't talk about, but like the comments that people make really cut deep and whether you're 30 years old or 50 years old and people are still ridiculing you for your decisions, like it sucks. It doesn't feel good. Nobody talks about this. No. But going back to what you said, Christina, they don't even remember that they had said that, whereas it sticks with us for so long. I mean, that was probably a decade ago that my mom said that to me and I still hold on to it. But I will say, you know, to answer your question as to why people act this way, I do obviously think it's insecurities, but the biggest thing that I learned through like my master's program, um, when we were learning about how people are raised, it really helped me kind of no longer hold on to that resentment towards my mom, because what I had learned was as she was growing up, she was a little bit overweight. And those were the comments her parents used to give her and Mm. It's a trickle-down effect, you know, but that was her way of showing her love for me. She didn't want me to ever get overweight and feel uncomfortable because she knew how miserable it really felt. So I do know some of those comments come from a good place, just sometimes they just aren't delivered in the correct fashion, so... Yeah, that's a really good way of looking back at it. That that definitely helped me solve, like, a lot of mental issues, so to say, when it came to that kind of stuff. You know what... Is the when you were just saying that, what my mind immediately went to was when we, when I first start, a lot of times when I first start working with a client, a lot of like I 
I sense a lot of fear, right? A lot of fear that like what they're doing, you know, what we're going to be doing together isn't going to work for them. They're not going to see the results that they want. And fear of isolation are my choices and having to weigh and measure and doing all these things. Is this going to, is it going to make me isolated? But that like tie between like being isolated and fear of it not working is like, I think it all kind of comes back to like what we're talking about, which is like, I remember when I was, I feel like this is a really roundabout way to get to say where I'm going right now, but, or to try and explain what I'm trying to say. But (laughs) when I was on my journey of like losing weight and trying to figure out what works for me, I would never do it publicly because I felt like if people saw me publicly trying and I failed, they would be like, oh, like you should have had just, you should have just had it. You know, you should have just ordered what you wanted to order because like you're still here, you know, you didn't lose the weight that you were going to lose. And so I feel, even though I'm very comfortable with my body at this point, and I still feel uncomfortable ordering, I still do it. I still like order what I want to order. Um, even if it's healthy, but I almost feel like I'm like, okay, well I'm allowed to order this now because like I have the like physique to prove it. And like, no one's going to like be I've mad at the me cred. and no one's going to be like, Oh, don't even try, you know? So like, I think that yeah. like fear and like that whole like fear and isolation and, and fear of failing. I think that all ties into like the whole health shaming scheme. Cause if you're not where you want to go, if you're not at the end of your road, it's even more scary to, to place that order and to like be outwardly like, Oh, I have to wake up at five o'clock to go do hit this workout because I have goals and I have shit that I need to accomplish. Right. And in the same breath, I think they know they're going to have to change things that aren't the popular opinion. Right. Like not go like bananas on the weekend, just like drink and eat pizza and be like, and a hundred percent savage. Yes. Yeah. Or like say no to a drink or say no to a past appetizer that's primarily built off of cream cheese. Like, I don't know, just like things like that, that surface is why we get a lot of questions in the upfront, but we're like here to say, you don't have to be a hermit. Like we want you to live your life. Yeah. And decide like what is worth it to you, but like also not feel like people are attacking you. So I, I, this is such a cray cray topic. So in the like, knowing that this happens literally all the time, knowing that I feel this way every time I order, even though I still do it. Like, what would you say to somebody who is like trying to figure out how to just be like unapologetically like, fuck you, this is what I'm doing. Like, how do you grow the balls to do that? You think it's just over time? I think so. And I mean, you kind of, you just got to own it. And I know that's easier said than done. And every situation is going to be different. But what I've learned is if you kind of flip the script back on the person who is being passive aggressive towards you and almost ask them, well, why don't you give it a try? Or have you ever tried eating this? It's actually really good. And forcing them to enter the conversation and actually talk about themselves, it almost takes the pressure off of you. So I know that that could definitely be a strategy. What I do know is you can't 
you can't hide how you want to be and make unhealthy choices just to satisfy another person because you're ultimately going to feel regret once you eat that meal because it's not what you wanted. So I guess you have to weigh out your options. What regret would you rather face? The one where you kind of feel icky after eating a meal that you didn't want or the regret of maybe annoying your friends? I would take the latter because they'll get over it. And you know, eventually they might be interested in what I am doing, tracking my macros and logging my food that I might spark some interest and, in, you know, have them engage in living a healthier life. They lifestyle. always come so. around. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> I like the way that you put that though, because even just like a personal example, like when I once in a blue moon, like do kind of go off the deep end and, you know, I'm like, you know what? I really want X, Y, or Z tonight. Like it sounds phenomenal. I haven't had it in probably a year, whatever it might be. I am fully aware that the decision I'm making is based on me. Yes. Going all in yep. with what I want to do and nobody else right. is telling me what to do. So I feel like from like a program and tracking standpoint, I've been able to jump that hurdle of doing what is socially acceptable, which is just eating the pizza at 2am with the rest of your girlfriends or choosing to wait and drink water or whatever. This is a silly example, but you know what I'm trying to get at. I know that I'm in control of that decision, whether I want to go off the deep end or not. I almost feel like because it happens, the people that you are that are doing this to you, if you're at a table, whatever, it's almost like they need you to also order unhealthy so that they are given even more permission and acceptance for what they ordered. So going back to it's all insecurities and the unfortunate thing is insecurities are never going to entirely fade away. It's something that we're always going to have to deal with. But I think that people aren't as apparent to what health shaming is compared to body shaming or fat shaming. And it's just a topic that needs to be discussed more and become a little bit more, you know, prevalent in our everyday conversation. I've been out to breakfast before and have done my usual like, you know, egg white scramble, feta, spinach, mushrooms, and ham added protein. What's up? And (laughs) but I always get butter toast with it. But I've got I've ordered that before and had people be like, oh, so you're like ordering healthy today. And they've been like, yeah. And they're like, I was going to get the pancakes, but I guess I'll have the same as, as her. And I am just like, oh, my God, get what you want to get. This is what I want to get. This is like NBD. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not just being healthy today. Like this is my life. Right. And also, like, it's a Tuesday, light off. Like, maybe on Sunday I'll get the pancakes. Give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, always a side of turkey bacon. Give me a break. But I like your I like your suggestion of, like, flipping the script. Whereas, like, usually – or not you. every time I get a comment like that, I just, like, kind of shake it off and try and, like, ignore it and then just, like, get out of the situation. But I like the idea of flipping the script and being, like, well, I want to order this because this is something that I want to order. Like what, what were you looking at? Like, is that something that you actually want? Like, do you actually want to get the like brioche stuffed French toast? Like if that is what is going to like complete your perfect day, then get it. If you're, if you wanted that, cause you're like feeling emotionally drained today, like maybe we choose something else and like try and like, <laughs> I will say just to like add on in terms of like shaming, whether it's food or not. 
Alcohol for me is the biggest shame Mm. zone in the world. If I'm at a happy hour with my girlfriends or coworkers and I don't order a drink, time officially stops when I say I'll have a sparkling water. I'll do like a mocktail. It's like the freaking record skips. They're just like, (laughs) yeah, like the room is quiet. And I'm sorry, like what? You're not having a drink? For me in my world, there is no sort of shame, like no alcohol shame. I <laughs> No way. It's, oh my God, it happens so often with alcohol. I will literally have to go out and pretend like I have a drink in my hand, even though it's like probably soda water with mm-hmm. a lime in it, just so that I don't have to hear the comments. I do that too. And I don't even order. I don't even get yeah. a water bottle at this point. I always get sparkling water. It's yeah. Alcohol is probably worse than food for sure. I'm not in a lot of. This, I'm like not cool, and I'm never in social situations where there's like drinking. So like I don't get it that much, but it's more for me. It's ordering because I'm just like always at a restaurant. Yeah, passion is this thirty. Is um, okay, so we're saying if you're in that situation, easier said than done. Just like own it and flip the script and be like, yeah, I'm sorry if this offends you. Goals. You can. Take a hike. Yeah. It's so much easier said than done, though, because... Oh, God, yeah. I have caved multiple times. I'm like, okay, I'll have one. And then one might turn to two, and you know the story. So it's it's hard, but, like, just think about what saying no, how that, like, says yes in other ways to yourself. From here on out, I'm not going to feel guilty anymore. And if I even start to feel guilty, I'm going to, like, do something. I'm going to, like... I don't know, walk yes. around the table or something, like do a lap and be like, okay, breath gone. Deal. The feeling is over. Or I'm going to like yep. say my order extra loud. Deal. I like it. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, like you have to do something embarrassing so that you hold yourself accountable, right? Yeah. Like I have to do something to make sure that if this feeling bubbles up, which it does all the time, that I can just be like, no, this is no. I got this. Anybody that's listening to this podcast right now, on one hand, if you've been there and like, you've felt this before, I would say squash it. And on the other hand, if you've maybe, if you're thinking back and think that maybe you've said something that could have offended others, just be more aware. We've all been there. We've all said things. I feel like your biggest obstacle in life should be yourself, not others. So don't let that be another extra layer from preventing you to get to your goals. So don't allow other people to change your orders or whatever it might be, because ultimately you might actually rub off on your friends or family and have them adopt healthier lifestyles and habits. Help. I'm innately a people pleaser. I need help. Me. Help me. Too. And what I will also say is that at least four people that have said nasty things to me before are mm. diehard macro trackers now. Oh, so. see? <gasps> Flipping the script. No hate. Have, no hate. They're healthy yeah, and thriving. No yeah. Thriving. Is it my favorite time of the week? It's the macro <laughs> hack of the week! Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I just yeah. keep getting louder. It's not even like I keep getting more creative with how to say it. No, I'm you're just, just like, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> Paige, since you just said that, can you do it? Can you tell me what yours is? Is it good? Yes, I absolutely can. I think we were talking about like how to start your day like really well when Mm. we were talking about pancakes. Mm. Um, I'm going to go the basic bitch route for the (laughs) fall season and talk about all things pumpkin. Season spelled (laughs) (laughs) S-Z-N. 
It's easier to hashtag that way. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. No, but for real, I made two of the most (laughs) beautiful plump pumpkin bread loaves you've ever seen. They were gorgeous. On Sunday. They were really pretty. It was my first time ever making bread. Don't give me the look, you guys. I have never made bread before. And it was my mom's like homemade, like favorite pumpkin bread recipe. And I've been eating it every morning. And it truly, this sounds crazy. It's just food, but like it makes my morning. Yes. On like a crisp morning with like a coffee. Girl. Yes. It's just like I eat it on my way into work. I might have some for dessert. Mark is loving it. I'm like, I am just the epitome of a basic bitch. I also bought pumpkin spice chai tea. Mm. Amazing. You've been meaning to get up on your tea game. Yeah. I've been like kind of turning up the the notches a little bit. I kind of overdid coffee for a couple weeks and I was like, I should probably pair it back a little. So <laughs> pumpkin spice by Tasso. I wish that you could have seen Paige's look on her face when she was describing that. <laughs> She's so happy. <laughs> I could smell it when you're describing it. I could smell it I, in the oven. I kept waking up like just randomly in the middle of the night on Sunday night and I kept smelling pumpkin bread and I would just <laughs> close my eyes and just go right back to bed. I was I told Mark I was like I kept waking up and smelling pumpkin and I was so happy I went right back to sleep. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fall is actually the best season. That's that's not crazy at all. I am that person that I'll eat something and I'll actually get sad when it's gone. So I want to hear what your hack is because I have I have a feeling it has to do with of course it's always it's always about food. Also, it's always about (laughs) sweets because I have the biggest sweet tooth. Yes. So if you haven't. That's funny. The memo yet? I know this is like a little late because they released it like I don't know a few months ago, but. Trader Joe's protein ice cream. They finally jumped on <gasps> that protein ice cream train. I yes. want to try that. Me oh too. I haven't God. tried it we yet. We talked about this months ago. You're missing out. I know. I know. I haven't. The, I, I don't live by a Trader Joe's. There's like, it's like 30 minutes that away. Sad. Wow. But I know. I know. I'll they have go, two I'll flavors go. cookies and cream and peanut butter chocolate. Peanut butter chocolate. Yeah. Whoever invented. The combination of peanut butter and chocolate is like a straight genius to me. But yeah, I've never had that. So the whole pint is like less than 400 calories and it's loaded with protein. But also I wanted to add in the Trader Joe's one is the only one that I have found that doesn't have artificial sweeteners in it. So it's actually sweetened with stevia. Mm, Really? So the other ones, like I've eaten Enlightened, Halo Top, all those other brands, and they all have yeah. those like loaded artificial sweeteners in it. So mm-hmm. really, well, well you can taste it. I feel like you can taste it. That's why I don't like them. Okay, like Halo Top and whatever. I used to like the one called Proyo. That's called something else now. They have like a new what are they called? Like Drift. Oh yeah, you used to post about that a lot. I don't know. Yeah, I used to eat a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's like oh, Arctic yes. Zero. I think there's yeah. Anyway, okay, great to know. Well, you're in California. It's always it's always um you're in Southern California. It's always ice cream. It's always ice cream. I think season. I had a couple of bites like at two o'clock in the afternoon today. So you know. Yeah, and also Trader Joe's hold the cone. Have I you have had those not, yet? but I just saw someone post about it in our member uh, group. How a, am I missing out? A serving size is three ice okay. cream cones. Yep. 
But how big are they? Show me with your. Oh, okay. They're delicious. We, we, bunny, this is hysterical. So the other day, our neighbors invited us over for dinner and we brought them as dessert. <laughs> Here you go. We were like, we brought you a box of this and we ate the whole box. We were like, this is your, this is the dessert. They're like, okay, this is bizarre. But they loved it. They're like, these are amazing. I'm like, you're welcome. Great. When it's 30 That's minutes away, really it's a good. hot commodity. It's like we drove an hour yeah. to bring these to you. You're welcome. Okay. I um, will be getting those that weekend. I'll send you guys a photo. <laughs> so yes, my macro hack is, has to do with oatmeal <laughs> because I like Zan am in summer for like most of the year because I spent half the year in Florida and half the year in New Jersey. So I get these like crisp three months and I just eat oatmeal till I turn into an oatmeal. So these are my oatmeal hacks. Number one oatmeal hack. Actually, it's all the same hack. The hack is like if you want to like doctor it up or doctor it down depending on how many carbs you have. So like if you need mass carbs, like this morning, I needed a ton of carbs because I knew dinner was going to be like actually a pound of Arctic char, which was on prime sale at Whole Foods. Anyway, I was like, I need a lot of carbs. So I did like dried fruit. I did bananas, raisins, walnuts, but anything like dried fruit or like a dense carb source fruit. Um, you're looking at bananas, figs, that kind of stuff that could really get your carbs up. The other thing that you can do um, if you want to just like add volume, but not necessarily a ton of carbs, is you can add like minced apple into your oatmeal. So what I like to do is like cut up apple into tiny little cubes and cook it right in the oatmeal when it's like being made, like cinnamon and nutmeg. And that basically doubles the size of my bowl of oatmeal. I don't cut the amount of oatmeal, but I just like kind of double it in size by adding like half an apple. Um, and then if you're really low on carbs and you can't get past the like 33 grams of carbs that um, are in, you know, a standard serving size of oatmeal, you can actually cut your oatmeal with zucchini, which a lot of people don't know. Some people say to cut it with cauliflower, but that's bullshit. Don't do that because it tastes like cauliflower. I've heard no. that. I know. Yeah. Disgusting. Well, whoever Ugh. told you that. I've never tried it because it didn't sound they're good. Liars. <laughs> no, it's a nightmare. But I've actually done this before. And that is why I'm saying it. I attest. This is a true. This is a true story. You can grate oatmeal. Peel it first so you don't see the green because the green will throw you off. Peel the <laughs> zucchini, not oatmeal. Oh, my God. She's yeah, just getting sorry, so excited. Sorry, not green. <laughs> okay. Take your zucchini. I know. This is like a really fun hack. So peel the zucchini, get the green off, and then grate it. Grate the zucchini with a grater, a box grater. I'm making a great movement with my hand. <laughs> Looks like I'm jerking off a zucchini. I am not. I, totally I wish they could see us right now. <laughs> grate it. And you can do half and half oatmeal and zucchini. So if you are super, 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 super low on carbs. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. No, mama, you can. If you're low on carbs or if you just want to like extend life of your bowl of oatmeal and not put really like any more carbs in it, you can put oatmeal in it. I, I mean, zucchini in it. I promise you, you cannot taste it. I'm like, yeah. Wow. Okay. You can't taste it. Love zucchini. See? With oatmeal, but I'm just though. like Interesting. And if you do it, you can do it like, so like if you have something like a really, now I'm getting all Kenji Lopez on your ass. Do you guys know who Kenji Lopez is? No, but I don't care. He's like a scientist <laughs> chef. Anyway, I'm getting all Kenji on your ass. So like if you go with like a Bob's Red Mill, like 
extra thick cut roll oats, which is what I do, um, and you add grated zucchini into it, you're going to be able to tell the difference between a thick like rolled oat and like mushy grated zucchini. But if you have like more of like an instant oatmeal or if you are making like a a finer grain oatmeal, um, you literally can't tell. You can't tell which one you're eating. I will test that. Facts. I'm down. (laughs) Straight facts. Um, Cool. Cool. Great. What a good good episode, you guys. I I feel like there's a lot more to unpack there, but I don't know. I'd love to hear from people on this episode, I guess. I would too. If you guys are listening to this, I'd love to hear like your thoughts on how you deal with this, mm-hmm. what you do. My initial thought is like to just do something really grand in the face of this type of adversity. Yeah. I would actually love to hear if there are specific examples from our clients, our members as well, who may not have told us specifically, but now that we're like talking about it, the topic, I would love to yeah. know if it actually happens to our members. What are we talking about next week? You guys are kicking yes. ass. Yeah. You guys are the best. <laughs> um, Paige, what are we talking about yes. next week? You're the host in the second to last episode of the oh season. Okay. So you guys, for next episode... We are going to be talking about maximizing your day with meal building. So we'll be talking about how to structure your day, um, what it means to kind of build your day with your set of macronutrients. So stay tuned. Come and join us. I love this. So excited. It'll be great. People just eat what they eat. They don't realize that like building a meal is an art. It is. And it can be really fun. And like experiencing the benefits of building a kick-ass, well-balanced meal is Mm. just (laughs) great. I can't wait. Thank you. Thanks, guys. 